VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. This is Cindy Rakowitz on behalf of BR Public Relations, and today we're going to be talking about special events, not the kind of events where you go and see celebrities on the red carpet, but more sophisticated events. And to discuss this subject with anecdote and information, um, I have the person who runs a company called Pivotal Resource. Her name is Tracy Quicker, and after talking to Tracy, I have to say that I'm very impressed by her capabilities for high-end logistics, working on both levels from the detail, um, strategic side to the detail side. She has a Harvard MBA. She's an undergrad from Tufts, and all of us that listen to my show from the East Coast certainly know Tufts. Um, Tracy, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Okay. Now, not everybody has such a big drumroll introduction, you know. (laughs) Well, I I truly feel very special. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, listen, um, I have to, you know, my listeners always are interested in, you know, what a person does. They love anecdotal stories. And when I gave you the introduction, I I clearly said that there were, you know, different kinds of events. And, you know, a lot of people, particularly here in the Los Angeles area, you know, think of the Emmys or the Oscars because they're so prevalent here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, but you really do something much different, and I want to give you the opportunity to talk about that. Thank tell, you. Tell us about Pivotal Resource. Well, actually, the company was founded seven years ago as Pivotal Resource as an association management company where we provided outsource strategic and administrative services to a variety of professional associations and trade, uh, and trade associations. Uh, however, about three years ago, I made the decision to, to transition that business into what it is today, which is Pivotal Events, where we provide high-level strategic and uh, executional support services to trade associations, professional societies, uh, professional service firms, and corporations as they produce their business-related events. The two things that really distinguish pivotal events from traditional event planners uh, are the following. The first is my historical background in association management. I started my company seven years ago, as I mentioned, uh, as a result of a decade of a serial volunteerism working for a whole wide variety of professional societies and alumni associations in a volunteer capacity. I pretty much have done every job there is to do. I've been the secretary, the treasurer, the VP of membership, uh, the, the vice president of programming and events, the president, the chairman, you name it, and I've done the job. And as a result, I've hired executive directors, I've fired executive directors, I've trained them. Uh, and from the volunteers' perspective, I had a very strong and quite visceral understanding of what it took to make an association successful. Uh, from the support service standpoint. And so as an association management company, we had to provide services like um, uh, marketing collateral development, marketing promotion. We created the directory. 
We were responsible for handling all of the bookkeeping and accounting and dealing with the legal compliance issues and procuring the insurance. And when I transitioned into event management, I was able to take all of those services with us in our toolkit and offer them to the professional associations and trade associations and professional service firms uh, and corporations that wanted to tap into those services and have a full turnkey service. So they said, we'd like this event. We discuss what kind of event it is going to be, and then they say, you take care of the rest, as opposed to we handle the venue and vendor logistics, and then all of a sudden they're responsible for quarterbacking a lot of other things. The second thing that really distinguishes us from other more traditional event planners comes from my own personal background. As you mentioned, I am a Harvard MBA. I really think of myself as a business person who plans events as opposed to an event planner. We look at every single event like a business uh, through a very solidly structured business framework. We assist our clients in identifying and clearly articulating what their underlying strategic business objectives are for investing all of that time and capital and resources in planning an event so that we can best design and craft and structure their event to most effectively and cost-efficiently achieve those objectives. And objectives may be getting new clients, retaining or enhancing relationships with the customers that they currently have. It may be an internal issue where they may have some conflict that they need to resolve. Uh, It could be a wide variety of issues, but if you focus on what they're really trying to solve or what opportunity they're trying to leverage, we can craft an event that will help them ultimately achieve that objective. It's it's very interesting because I was talking about what you do in terms of my own corporate background, where you know that I've been a senior-level corporate officer for a publicly traded company for quite some time. And it's funny, one of the things that I thought of after our discussion is because of your Harvard MBA, it almost makes you like um, a, you know, a CMO, a chief marketing officer for hire. You're, you know, you're absolutely right. Even though we call ourselves an event management company, in many respects, we are a boutique marketing agency that practices its craft through the vehicle of events. And the part of the process that I really enjoy the most is that strategic process and understanding what those core underlying objectives are of the client, and then the, the creative process that we get to deliver is the vehicle of the event. And the chief marketing officer is responsible for budgets. The chief marketing officer is, in a large company is very responsible for allocating marketing dollars where those marketing dollars is going to bring something back, where they're going to get fired. So um, it's just, it's very, very interesting. I, you know, when I thought about what you do and, um, you know, how you apply your skills, I just keep on thinking chief marketing officer. And I think, you know, a lot of people, if you're talking to people at all in corporate America rather than the smaller entrepreneur, I just think that that's a really great way to connect yourself with an immediate elevator speech, if you will. You know, you're absolutely right, and I have, uh, in the past week, two experiences with regard specifically to budget, one with a current client and one with a prospective client. The prospective client uh, was introduced 
to me by the uh, L.A. Convention and Visitors Bureau, and this gentleman is not an event planner. He's, you know, an, an individual who's involved in his uh, professional society, and he's been tasked to host their newly founded annual conference, and he really doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he had these assumptions about how much money he wanted to charge for the conference and how much money it was going to cost. And so the very first conversation we had, I said, you know, instead of just throwing numbers out in the air, why don't we meet and I'll take this uh, budgetary model, an Excel budgetary model that I have created, and we can actually sit through and discuss each one of these assumptions that you have, plug them all into the model, into this budgetary model, and see what number comes out so that we're not guessing as to whether you'll be in the red or whether you'll be in the black or whether you can afford to do certain things or whether you can't afford to do certain things. There's no reason to be guessing when we can look at this in a very concrete, analytical way to determine one way or the other quite definitively whether we can do that. And so we met, and lo and behold, you know, he had some, he had some really interesting ideas but he was absolutely struck with the results because he thought, oh, my gosh, if I had 100 people and I only charged $100, somehow I would be able to throw a $100,000 conference. And he, he had some really strong reality that he was able to go back to his board with to get the additional support that he needed. Um, in another situation with a, with a current client, obviously uh, we all understand that we're in a current economic downturn. We are? Uh, yes, yeah, strange, right? <laughs> well, we, we um, are in the process of developing our sponsors for this event. And we got off to a, a, a fantastic start, but it started to slow. And uh, my client was really concerned that all of a sudden now, because we're at the place that we are and we haven't achieved our ultimate goal, that we're horribly in the red and we need to consider whether we have to, um, uh, we, we have to shut down the conference and, you know, before we make the decision to actually sign a contract with the venue. And I said, well, let's, before we jump to that conclusion, let's pull out this budgetary model and update the numbers with what we really have currently and see what it says. So before we just assume that this is what's really happening, let's see whether it's really happening. And we did, and lo and behold, we are at this point with six months left to go, six months left to continue to attract sponsorships. We're already at a break-even with the amount of money that we have raised, and we still have great upward potential because of the additional sponsors that we have six months to go get, and we have you know, realistic upside potential with the number of attendees that we are planning because when we did the original model and made the original assumptions, we were very modest in all of our projections. We made costs high and we kept attendance low so that we could create a very, very realistic downside scenario. And as a result of that conversation, he was able to say, okay, now I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm not worried anymore because this is what the numbers say. Very smart business in this economy, um, you know, and that's where your, I think, your academic expertise really comes in handy. You created a timeline in terms of, you know, and a budget in terms of um, 
what's going to come in and when, and a break-even point, and an early-on break-even point, so the client can relax and see that the rest is a give-me. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, I think that is what, you know, is lacking a little bit in the events business at large. And as I said to you when we had our pre-interview, um, I know very, very little people, you know, very, very few entrepreneurs, maybe next to zero, you know, in the events business today that have the ability to plan out things from a financial standpoint, um, you know, a long-term strategic standpoint, and at the same time execute the event. Now, listen, Tracy, we're going to have to take a quick break. Sure. We're going to talk more in the next segment, and we're looking forward to hearing more from Tracy Quicker of Pivotal Events. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Tracy Quicker, and she has 
founded Pivotal Events, and as we were discussing before, Tracy runs you know large events on the most part with ROI in mind, and in this economy, that's something very important to consider. But some of the other things that Tracy and I had discussed in previous conversation is the importance of paying attention to security issues in this day and time when everything is electronic and everything is dealable, for lack of a better word. So, Tracy, why don't you talk about, in an anecdotal fashion, um, you know, some of the things that you came into with recent event planning. I believe it was with the Inter-Pacific Bar Association Annual Conference. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I tell you, it never ceases to amaze me how many lessons one learns along the way. Uh, and no matter how many lessons you learn, there's always more to learn. You're absolutely right. In terms of event planning, I look at it in two facets. One is leveraging the upside, but the second is equally important, and that is managing downside risk and liability. And we encountered what I thought at the time was the wildest situation when we were producing the Inter-Pacific Bar Association Conference. It was a global conference with approximately 700 delegates uh, and 100 spouses from 40 countries from around the world. And because we were dealing with people from so many countries, there were many, many people that wanted to pay for their conference registration via wire transfer. And so what we did was we had our registration process online, and when somebody checked the box that they wanted to actually pay by wire transfer, we were given that data through the registration system, and then we followed up with that individual personally, sent them an email with a PDF document that contained all of our wire information, which includes, as I'm sure you know, account information, and the banking account information. Well, one day, I uh, was sitting there at my desk minding my own business, and the phone rang, and I picked up the phone, and it was this woman named Sally who was calling me from Las Vegas who proceeded to explain to me that she was selling some item on eBay for $350, and she found a buyer, and this buyer sent her this check in the mail, and the check was for, lo and behold, $3,500, and the person explained that he was abroad at the time and he couldn't get any cash and could she possibly wire him the balance and would she be willing to uh, do this for him and he would be more than happy to share the net difference between the $3,500 and the $350. And only when she took it to her local check cashing corner store uh, in Las Vegas and they took the check and didn't give it back to her, did she realize that this actually may be a scam? Well, somehow she got my number off of the, um, off of the Internet, uh, probably by going to the uh, IPBA.com uh, website, and literally two hours and ten phone calls later from other people just like her, the bank, and the police, I realized I had a serious problem on my hand. And, and what it turned out to be was we had basically had our bank account information hijacked by a Nigerian theft ring. We all understand personal identity theft, but, but businesses are as at risk as you are personally if you have your bank account information. It's just like having a credit card be taken from you. Absolutely. It, it's called institutional identity theft. So. Yeah, and, and we were victims of this institutional identity theft, and we were, we were in a very 
difficult position because at the time that this happened, we were approximately six weeks away from our conference. And so there was no way for us to shut the bank account down because we had, we had all sorts of people all over the world that were actually using that bank account information in order to wire us funds. And so anyways, I, I called the banker and, uh, and, and I would say if you are running a business, the, the first and foremost lesson of my experience is in all cases for all businesses under all circumstances is have a personal, a private banker, a, an individual, a human being that you can call if you end up running into a problem like this as opposed to just, you know, wending your way through um, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, exactly. <laughs> so I called the banker, explained the situation, and what we were able to do was we created a second account an internal account, took all the money in the account that had been basically compromised, moved it into that internal account, and then made a change to that external account such that only money could come into the account. Money could not be withdrawn. Somehow he was able to lock it down in such a way that any other institution, if somebody tried to cash a check, would realize that that, che- that, that particular account wouldn't disseminate money. And what I learned in this process was that you can create two such accounts. If you are working with the public where you are really broadly disseminating, or maybe not even so broadly, disseminating your your bank account information, you can create an external account that is specifically designed only to receive funds, which will then be routinely swept into an internal account that you can use to actually cut your checks. That's just really important in this day and age. I, I don't think that people had to worry about institutional theft as much before um, online communication became so prevalent. And um, really, information is stealable anywhere. It, exactly. And we thought we were taking very reasonable precautions. It wasn't like we had all this information published on our website. We only disseminated it to those individuals who had gone through a whole registration process and clicked the box that they were now ready to pay and they needed to pay by wire. Really, really important learn. Really, really important lesson learned. Yes, one that I'll <laughs> never need to learn again. No, <laughs> but definitely call somebody like Tracy Quicker from Pivotal Events if you want to do things in a financially secure manner because it's not, I mean, Tracy does it all. It's financial security and return on investment and, uh, you know, I don't think that there's any event that's too big or too small. You talked to me about how you took a retirement party for a client and turned it into a business opportunity party. Yes, you're absolutely correct about that. Every single event has the uh, every single business event, not weddings, not bar mitzvahs, uh, but if you really are trying to put on a business oriented event, it can be if done properly turned into an investment. And the story that I was telling you. Uh, was about a situation where a cl- where a, a client was uh, faced with two retiring partners, and they knew they wanted to have a retirement party. But that's what they thought they wanted. They they thought they wanted a retirement party, and I I started to explore with them what underlying issues were going on at that time in their firm, and I asked questions like, well, are these retiring partners um, at risk of walking with their book of business. And how significant is that to you as, as the client? And really, 
the, the entire answer uh, would help determine what kind of event we would ultimately plan, you know, provided that the answer was yes, as a matter of fact, that they really do have large books of business and we are nervous about that business leaving when they retire, then the kind of event that we would want to structure would be a more intimate event, one that would be like a wedding where we would have a sit-down dinner where we would think through very consciously in advance who would sit with whom so that those customers that were at risk of leaving would be placed next to the partners that would be responsible going forward for their business so that those partners would have an hour and a half of a captured audience so that they could build a bond and start to really develop a relationship and work towards not losing that business. But if the answer originally would have been, oh, well, you know, we knew this was a long time coming and we've actually had this transition plan that we've been implementing over the past 18 months and that business is secure and we know that that business is secure, then I would have never recommended having an intimate sit-down dinner because it wasn't necessary and that wouldn't have leveraged the upside potential that they were then really looking for, which was let's use this opportunity to celebrate this retirement and bring in prospective customers. Uh, and it's, give... a, it's, a re- it's um, a succession reinforcement. Exactly. And that was really the ultimate objective was, was how they were going to handle the issues related to succession as opposed to, hey, let's throw a retirement party. And, you know, that's a very good example of why Tracy Quicker is somebody to hire if you are thinking about a business event because Tracy will give you the recommendations and suggestions that will turn that event, even as simple as a retirement party, into a business opportunity. So, Tracy, um, we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes, but I told you that you could talk about the BizBash event that you're doing on November 12th. Oh, thank you very much. We are actually, um, uh, we've been engaged by BizBash, which is the premier special events industry magazine in the United States, to produce a, a very unique event on emergency preparedness for event planners. So, for example, you are doing a charity fundraising gala and somebody is on the dance floor and they drop to the floor clutching their chest and it's clear they're having a heart attack and you're the event planner. What do you do? Uh, A fire, a kitchen fire breaks out in an event venue or an earthquake happens. Do you evacuate? Do you stay put? You're the event planner and you're the person in charge. What do you do? Well, we have brought together... Uh, for very, very senior, uh, prominent people uh, from the Los Angeles community. We have the uh, Chief of Emergency Medicine from UCLA Medical Center. We have the uh, Assistant uh, Sheriff from Orange County, who in his prior life, as um, uh, when he was uh, here with uh, the uh, Los Angeles Police Department, was responsible for security issues for the Academy Awards, the Emmys, the um, Democratic National Convention when it was here years ago, the Olympics, uh, everything that happens at the Coliseum, uh, and he is now the uh, Assistant Sheriff in Orange County. Uh, he will also uh, be participating. And then we have the head of all of fire services, 
uh, at Paramount Pictures. They actually have their own fire department there, if you can believe it. Oh, of course. So I think people well who are the, from Hollywood definitely believe that because we've worked with them. Now, listen, we're going to have to take one more break, and then you're going to come back, and we'll talk more about the BizBash event, and stay tuned for more with Tracy Quicker. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788, and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're in our final segment, well, final segment with Tracy Quicker, that is, um, from Pivotal Events, and we were just talking about um, a very, very impressive panel that Tracy has put together for a BizBash conference on November 12th. Now, is this BizBash conference open to the public or entertainment industry people? It, the event is specifically designed for event planners and people in the events industry. So it's not 
for example, emergency preparedness for the home or for the office. It's designed specifically to deal with issues of risk management, in essence, for personal injury, natural and man-made disasters, security issues, and transportation issues in the event management industry. That being said, it is open to anybody that wants to attend. Well, it's, um, I think that it's a really important event for people who are in a position where they are responsible for events in any capacity, even for red carpet type events, because as Tracy can um, reinforce, it's really, really a bad idea not to talk with the municipalities prior to planning an event, because um, first of all, they're... They don't work well in a reactive circumstance because it's their jobs to save people's lives. So they could get pretty mean and ugly if they don't really have a rapport with the event planner. And I know that a lot of us in the public relations industry has witnessed events where you know the fire department had to come and shut an event down because it wasn't planned properly. You know, the reciprocal of that equation is if an event planner knows to reach out to um, you know, it's director of security if they're lucky enough to have one, but if not, direct contact with the municipalities. There are people assigned, particularly in large cities, to work with event planners on large events, and I have seen many a time where this little detail was not thought of. Yep, you're absolutely right, and red carpet events are most relevant because those are the ones that oftentimes have the largest security issues. Yes, they do, and um, particularly if it takes place in a club where there's limited capacity, what a lot of event planners don't realize if they didn't have the experience. When there's a sign on the wall that says limit, 700 people, that is a fire department standard and limit. And the fire marshal will shut you down. Oh, yes, they will. I had my friend Fire Marshal Bob, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, who was, Thankfully assigned by somebody that I had spoken to at the fire department, and we were able to work it out together. So people may say, oh, my God, it was a great event because we had, you know, 2,000 people. Yeah, but if the fire marshal shuts you down, it's going to be pretty ugly. Another thing that I want to add from an anecdotal standpoint is um, if you're doing an event, um, which many people do in the Los Angeles area, in a mansion like Greystone or the Playboy Mansion or many of the mansions that um, you know are available for hire in the Los Angeles area, um, you're responsible for sound control. And if you don't keep the sound levels to neighbor standards, you're also going to get shut down. Well, not only are you responsible for sound control, you're responsible for the venue. Typically in these very high-end, one-of-a-kind venues, they will require as a venue that you, as the host and or event planner for the event, provide a certificate of insurance, oftentimes with, um, with them being listed as additional insureds on your policy, which basically means if an accident happens, something happens on the premises during the course of the event, that your policy as the event planner or your policy as the as the corporate host will respond. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's required and you can't do the event without it. In many exactly. Cases. So, um, I think that's a very good point. So event planners that don't know what a COI is, 
really ought to find out. It doesn't doesn't just rhyme with ROI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's um, you know you're right about that. Um, we couldn't you know none of the venues like that will take the risk of letting you have a party in their place without having that. And that all you know you have to think about all of the logistics that are involved. There's parking cars. You know, you know, paying for the valet. What kind of parking is available in that area? Do you have to, you know, have a shuttle bus going from UCLA, you know, taking you to the venue? I mean, these are all things that people don't realize that an event planner has to think of. Um, you know, so it's it might seem fun to have a party at a house, but sometimes it's not that easy. And I think you really hit upon an important point, and that is that when you're at an event, if only one thing goes wrong or one thing is missed, that's the only thing anybody will remember. And so as an event planner, you you need to have, in my opinion, not only the ability to think quite strategically and understand what the client's objectives are so that you can structure your event to achieve those objectives, but you also have to have the necessary detail orientation and organizational skills to make sure that every T is crossed and every I is dotted so that you don't miss that one thing. And I have a, I have a specific philosophy about that, and that is that in, in the event planning process, we work to address every single detail and every possible contingency we can think of with enough time to spare so that we have the time and the space necessary to deal with whatever the thing that happens that you just couldn't anticipate actually happens because there will always be one. And no matter you know how many years I've been doing this, it never ceases to amaze me the kind of crazy, unexpected things that, that turn up at an event that no matter how good of a planner you are and how many things you could have thought of in advance and dealt with in advance, there's no way in a million years that you could have ever thought or planned for this. And, you know, one of the funniest things that have ever happened to me was for this uh, Inter-Pacific Bar Association conference, I actually went to China a year in advance to go promote our conference at the 2007 conference, and we followed that approach. And as a result, I got there a couple of days early because I just thought, you know, let me... Let me just get there a couple of days early. I am going to China. And I sat down at my computer after I got there, checked out the uh, IPBA conference website, and lo and behold, a page of Chinese came up. And we found out that the government was blocking our site. And, you know, here I was in China thinking, okay, well, there's probably not a Yellow Pages telephone number to get my site back. What am I going to do? But because I had given myself those extra couple of days, I did have enough time to reach out to every contact that I had and through a connection who had a connection who had a connection found somebody who was able to identify the problem and give me the problem to, uh, give me the solution to fix it and I had enough time to implement that solution and by the time the actual conference started the website was live in Thank China. God could you imagine you're in a country where censorship is a part of doing life I mean that's the way it is we encountered that during the Olympics a little bit where yes. there was a lot of back and forth before the actual ceremonies, and uh, I think that the Chinese were forced to adhere to world standards. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But um, it's frightening because when you're dealing with another country, you really don't know what the communications climate is. Yeah. Well, you don't know. You really don't know anything. And so the approach that we took, which worked very effectively, was make sure that you got everything done that you could get done early so that I could get on a plane a couple of days early and have time on the ground to deal with whatever came my way. Well, it was probably a good idea, and I hear it was a very successful conference. It was. Thank you very much. I heard it was very successful. Before we wrap up, um, I was very interested in the fact that you majored in Soviet and Eastern European studies. Yes. And you spent three years in Russia. How does that apply to what you do today? Well, interestingly enough, I actually started my event planning career inadvertently there. My uh, major was Soviet and Eastern European Studies, as you said, and at the time I wanted to make my way back to the then Soviet Union, and it really didn't matter what I was doing professionally. I just wanted to be there. And I ended up working for a, a major joint venture that was involved in real estate development, management, and leasing, and I became their uh, director of marketing, and I was responsible for basically producing all of their events. And so I got my start in event planning literally almost 20 years ago in the Soviet era where there was really no such thing as a commercial printer or any other kind of event vendor or service for literally a thousand miles. There was a, they, were, they didn't know what advertising was. <laughs> they, they, no, there was no such thing as a Kinko's. I mean, I had to have a banner produced for an event. We literally had to find the cloth, find a seamstress to sew the cloth together, find the paint, and find artists to stencil the banner and, and then paint it in. And that's, and that's how we solved our, our problems on a routine basis. And so, you know, when, when people talk about events today and how logistically difficult they are, you know, I just kind of smile and think, you know, if you only knew, right? We have so many resources here at our fingertips. I mean, there's a Kinko's every 27 feet uh, or a Kinko's like, you know, copy place that will do banners and signs and do your printing and all of those kinds of things you you could ever, ever need for an event. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that you found people who were able to stencil when I was doing business in Eastern Europe, launching the Playboy businesses in in Warsaw and in Prague. I mean, sometimes the clients had, you know, they didn't have that kind of insight, and I actually saw signage and black magic marker before I was able to take over and teach them a couple of things. So I understand, felt your pain, and I'm glad that we taught them (laughs) how how to advertise in signage. Prior to the Kinko's era, yeah, you have to teach it. You have to teach your fishermen how to fish, and exactly. then they can fish for themselves. And I think that's ideal. So, listen, we're going to have to wrap up, but please give us your web address. Uh, it's www.pivotalevents.com, which is spelled P-I-Z-O-T-A-L-E-V-E-N-T-S. Okay.com. So everybody that's listening, I think that if you want to produce an event um, with strategic ROI in mind, not worry about the details or fires or you know overly loud noise or certificates of insurance or institutional theft, please call Tracy. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and stay tuned for Bishop, the rapper from Stay Strong Nation, and the Stay Strong.
talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Real Talk with Marcy Mason, a refreshing and charming talk radio show for all of you entertainment enthusiasts. Whether you're stargazing on Hollywood Boulevard or in the stands cheering for your favorite team, Real Talk is here to satisfy the curiosity of the dedicated lifestyle and entertainment enthusiasts by giving everyday people the information they crave about what's going on in their communities and the world around them. Don't miss Real Talk with Marcy Mason, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Did you do your homework today? Relationship Homework is a program about working with others in the home and in the workplace. Relationships with others are vital in getting work done. You'll learn guidance and reclaim the power to expand your capacity to take effective action in your relationships at home and at work. Each program will include a weekly homework assignment to take back and implement over the following week. Join host Udall DeOleo for Relationship Homework every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and this is Cindy Rakowitz on behalf of BR Public Relations, and I want to welcome Bishop, who is the rapper on the Stay Strong CD on September 25th. Um, Voice America, indeed, is responsible for the world premiere of Stay Strong, and thanks to the people who run Voice America and our engineer, Ruben, we got to hear quite a bit of it, and we had a lot of people from Stay Strong Nation on the show, but the person who wasn't with us was one of the main characters, and that's Bishop. Welcome, welcome. Good morning, Cindy, and uh, thank you for having me on. Really excited about having you on because, um, listen, for the people that have have heard the CD or have clicked into staystrongnation.org, um, you know, you hear some really good rapping, and that really good rapping is you. And um, okay. I think that you have a fascinating background. I know that you came to rapper fame in Hawaii, if I understand it correctly. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so how did you get into it? You were, well, how did you get to Hawaii? 
Well, you know, I was born and raised in Chicago, uh, went to high school in Kentucky, and, you know, my family ended up in Hawaii as I graduated, and I went and joined them after high school. Okay, so and you 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 joined your family. You're from the Midwest, or you yes. know the the South Midwest, <laughs> and yes. uh, you go to Hawaii. And then I guess you ended up becoming popular on the club circuit. Is that how it happened? Yeah. Well, you know what I you know music, rap was it was always something I did. And you know, if there came a point, I just made a conscious decision that it was going to be a career instead of a hobby. And so I just decided to make it happen, and, you know, along with some DJ friends, I was just, I was making the music on my own and just going to the clubs at night and playing it, you know, and I was on the microphone every night, so just from a, like, a grassroots level, I just started, you know, having a little bit of fame in Hawaii, and then, you know, once I hooked up with some producers and a little bit of the industry, I got myself an album out in the stores, and it just, it just went from there, and, uh, Coincidentally, that's that's how I ended up meeting the uh, individuals that put Stay Strong together. Well, I guess it's all fate. What what is the name of your original CD? The original CD was uh, Game Seven, and ended up being nominated for Best Hip Hop uh, Album at the Hawaii Academy of Recording Artists uh, Annual Award Show, and that was the, actually the first year of the categories you know, existence. So had a little part in just developing, you know, the culture over there. You know, today there's a lot of uh, artists coming up out of Hawaii, and uh, so there's a little bit of pride there. You know, even though I'm not from there, I spent seven years there, and so I've got, you know, a little bit of pride in, you know, some of the artists. Some of them are my friends. Some of them are people that I, you know, help bring along, and so, you know, expect some big things maybe from Hawaii in the future. Oh, no, I, I, well, I think so. You know, Stay Strong Nation originated out of Hawaii, and, um, you know, I think that's going to, you know, help to bring um, the music world's attention to the boom that's going on there, because every state is different in terms of its music development and popularity. And, um, you know, listen, there's a lot of rappers that have notoriety from different regions in the United States, and perhaps you're the rapper that's starting the notoriety and the and the style from Hawaii. I mean, you know, you have eight, you know, you have Atlanta's rap styles, and you have, you know, the California rap styles. And for people that follow rap, you know, it's all kind of different with its own unique styles. And you know, it's funny when people talk about you know regionalized popular music. You know, you don't hear Hawaii all that much, and I think that you and I have to, you know, push that forward as we promote StayStrongNation.org and the causes that we're, um, you know, amplifying the messages for, you think? I think we need to. Um, of course, without upsetting Chicago or Kentucky, because everyone seems to want to claim me, but, uh, yeah, of course, uh, there will be a lot of representing of the, of the 50th state. Well, no, exactly. Well, it wouldn't upset Chicago or <laughs> Kentucky because, I mean, just like, you know, L.A. plays, you know, Atlanta rap and, you know, Atlanta plays, you know, um, San Francisco rap, you know, it, sure. you know, that's how you, that's how you develop these regional categories that can play throughout the world. I mean, you know, Dirty South is, a, it's a, it's a sound, and, yeah. um, 
you know, there are a lot of people in, um, you know, Wisconsin. Well, maybe not a lot. Maybe I picked the wrong state. <laughs> but, um, there's a lot of people in, you know, Los Angeles and New York that really like Dirty South kind of music. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think what StayStrongNation.org is, is going to do, it's going to make people aware of, um, you know, a specific kind of sound that you develop, Bishop, in, um, you know, Hawaii rap or rap, you know, that was born out of Hawaii and export that sound throughout the country and the world. And, you know, hopefully people will start thinking about Hawaii as, you know, hula dancing plus a little bit more than just the pineapples and the luau's, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but you're really, really good. And, um, uh, you know, you're an excellent rapper. You came to L.A. to you know, for some beat injections, and you did it incredibly fast. I mean, you were in and out of there in, in, you know, in such a short amount of time. So it seems to me, Bishop, that you're not the kind of guy that needs to have a lot of takes. No, I, I, you know, I don't like to waste people's time. You know, I, if I'm wasting time, I mean, I'd make sure it's my own. You know, if I'm on someone else's clock, you know, just, just got to get the job done, so... Yeah, no, you're in it. And listen, you know, music production people like to hear that because time is money. And, you know, when you get somebody in there that needs, you know, all day to get it right, you know, as good as you may be, you know, the business people are, you know, going to have a hard time with it. So I wanted to give you an A-plus in terms of, you know, getting it done really, really quickly. And um, one of the things that was talked about a lot when StayStrongNation.org met with Evergreen Aviation in Portland, Oregon last week, is a lot of the people from, you know, the um, the military side of things were so um, excited by the fact that you could go into www.StayStrongNation.org and hear the music immediately. Two people commented in the meeting with 17 people about how awesome and cool that was because everybody's getting a sampling of it, and yes. hopefully that'll make easy click-through for people to buy the CD, which is only three ninety nine, and all going to the Stay Strong Nation cause. And, um, you know, that's pretty neat. Everybody could hear Bishop's rapping right now if you go to www.staystrongnation.org, and you'll see that he's a fantastic rapper, and... Um, you know, you wouldn't know that when we're talking to you on the air, Bishop, because you know you're you know you speak very very articulately, and I also have to say that you are a really great writing editor because I've experienced working with you in that area. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, just a just a Renaissance man, I guess. <laughs> you're you are a Renaissance man indeed. Is there anything that you want to say? Because we only have a few minutes in terms of your experiences. I know that um, Keith Crosby, you know, the founder of StayStrongNation.org was talking about how he had some intense conversations with you and making sure that you understood all of the, you know, lyrics, terminologies, and definitions and what they really meant in military speak. Um, One of the things that we were talking about in Portland was, you know, lock and load and rock and roll and really making sure that you really understood all of that terminology. Was there anything that was an epiphany for you in any way? Well, you know, basically... You know, when the two individuals that started the organization, Lewis and Keith, they, you know, they came to me to, you know, help write the, help write the song and, you know, be the performer of the song. And it basically, I, I got opened up to the whole, 
to the movement. You know, I, I was probably like everyone else in the country. You know, I had my opinion as to, you know, is war right, is war wrong, but I, I guess the soldiers, the actual men and women that are over there got lost in the shuffle in my mind. And that that's what opened up my mind. I, I, I got opened up to the real issue that, you know, we're sending our men and women and we're equipping them for war, but we're not necessarily equipping them to come back and reenter society successfully. And it's it's one of the major issues I think that we're facing as a country and so very happy that I was given the opportunity to put my words into the song, perform the song, and I'm just thankful that I'm able to, you know, continue with the organization, staystrongnation.org, and, you know, to be a part of it and be the messenger well, listen, for this cause. Um, we're really glad, too, and we're going to continue to have special moments from staystrongnation.org, and Bishop will have you back because it was very short today and we have to wrap up at the end of the show. But thank you Correct. for joining us, and we'll talk real thank soon, you. and we'll have Bishop back. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great weekend. Wrapping up, Cindy Rakowitz, BR Public Relations.